Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded live at PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also Co-Editor of PW Comics World, as well as the Reviews Editor, a graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly, and the Editor of Comics Beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. I write for uh, PWCW, and I also occasionally write for The Beat. All right. Uh, This week uh, on More to Come, uh, our Kickstarter crowdfunding roundup, Create Your Own Comics, Alternative Comics Relaunched, and Marvel Now. All right. Let's get right to it. Uh, Kickstarter crowdfunding. Um, or nobody com- ever wants to talk about that. Comics, <laughs> the comics accelerator. I mean, this is this is probably certainly along with digital comics, probably one of the more exciting right. categories well, that opened like to up. Talk about it. I, I just was reading a blog post by cartoonist Mike Dawson where he says it's uh, it's the 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 is Kickstarter a good thing or not is definitely the new. Are there too many sad boy auto? biographical comics discussion, because yes. everybody seems to have an opinion, whether it's good or bad. Uh, so many developments, I don't even know if we can touch on them all, but um, I guess the latest debate was kicked off uh, by last week, actually, on the Comics Journal website, mm. when Comics Journal co-editor and Picture Box publisher Dan mm. Nadell had the latest kind of, like, uh, what the hell is this Kickstarter doing kind of rant. A rant plus. Uh, a little rant plus where, where he was like, you know, in my day, we sent books to the store and they paid us and we loved it. Um, what, you know. what was the line? You're not a publisher. You, you're a guy with a printing bill. Yeah. <laughs> or, or something along yeah, those I lines. Yeah, something. This spawned a 167 comment thread on the Comics Journal and pretty much all of the uh, pundits of the uh, alternative scene uh, weighed in. So, um, and Dan went off on vacation, and uh, today he was sort of like, you know, uh, let's all just get along. So, uh, I mean, I think it kind of came After off. lowering the boom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he probably should have turned off his comment notifications. <laughs> I mean, you, you, in many ways, I mean, this started as, uh, really, it seemed to me, uh, an attack. Attack or 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 a debunking of a proposal on Kickstarter, but it really did have larger impulses about just what does Kickstarter mean to publishing. Even our own story about Kickstarter, uh, Todd's uh, the latest in Todd's uh, series on on whether Kickstarter is the number three or the number or soon to be the number one publisher, uh, and where were several people and even uh, Tor.com decided to 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 enlighten the world that hey, by the way, Kickstarter. Uh, is not a publisher, well, even though that was clearly stated in in Todd's you know, you know, I, I, I know. I, I think what really is happening here is people, myself included, are really adapting to the Kickstarter world. And I mean, I, I have never, uh, I've never participated in a Kickstarter because I'm like, you know what? I will be like, oh, I, I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to mine. And if I give it one, then I should give it all, and all that sort of thing. But but I've really started to change my idea on that because this is not a charity. This is no. Kickstarter is about goods, not services. And if you look at the ones that have been the most funded, I mean, this is a, you pay money to get something. It's not like you're just you know the ones that have failed spectacularly are usually like, please give me money while I finish my book. Yeah, that, th- that's that actually just true. Does, that's those absolutely do not true. Fly. They those really have not flown, and the ones that have succeeded, even to the million dollar level, uh, are about you know getting things. So yeah, it's like a store. I mean, there is a certain. 
an element of like, I like this book, I want to make sure it happens, right. so I better buy it now. Yes. And, and yes. But it's still, it's not, it's, you get something yeah. for what you right. get. And I, and I think Jessica Abel's uh, Kickstarter project was about, to a certain extent, um, her premiums were to kind of help her get back into drawing. Right. So she was giving away the drawings as premiums. Yeah. yeah, still, well, still, you were getting a drawing. still in the yeah. end. Yes, yeah. you were. Yeah. Did one, and I, I mean, you got the article of clothing that she yeah. drew too. It was something you know, clever. So yeah. You, yeah. I mean, but, I mean but, it was a. Um, and know. in the end, this whole. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, to make a Kickstarter project work, you're gonna uh, you're gonna have to work your butt off. Right. This is not yeah. free money. I mean, none it's, of the people no. who have had this is free money at all. Uh, and, and, um, and, and, and to deliver these premiums, I mean, you're really setting yourself up to be a big fulfillment house for the next months at a time, uh, to make sure your church supporters get what they, what they expect to get. Now, at the same time, I think, I think people have raised questions about, um, uh, you know, publishers getting into Kickstarter. I mean, we all were questioning mm-hmm. when Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer got in a huge mm-hmm. Kickstarter. You know, we're like, do these people really need funding? But, you know what? Again, they were offering premiums. They were offering special Absolutely. editions. You know, experiences you couldn't get unless you participated. Um, I think the latest one that people are talking about is uh, Top Cow and their yeah. Cyberforce Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually a very interesting concept in Kickstartering in that what they're Kickstartering is not so much the publishing of the book, which they said they would do anyway, but they're publishing of the first five issues for free to be given away um, in not just digital editions, but also paper yeah. editions in mm-hmm. comic book stores everywhere. That you should just, if they get their funding goal of... It's like $75,000, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, $75,000. They're currently at $55,000. So they've, they've sneakily found a way to make it look, to go. look like they're not... Look like marketing. Ready, they're, 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 it's kind of a giant uh, marketing program. But, you know, but once again... You're, you're I, basically funding their marketing right. initiative. I don't but, see the problem with a publisher looking to, to use Kickstarter to supplement an advertiser no. or marketing a promotional budget. It's a little unusual, you know? right? But... And you know what? The market will decide whether it's a good idea or not. Um, yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I think the biggest danger to Kickstarter really is when the backlash begins. I mean, there is going to be some Kickstarter fail. Because once you give the money, you can't get it back. I mean, this yeah. has not been established. There has not mm. been refunds yet on a Kickstarter. Me- now, there was a announcement this week that one of the biggest funded ever, not in comics, but it was where you make a, uh, a, a laptop for Hinge, for an iPad, uh, mm, and so the, the people who, who were doing it put out an update where they showed that because of the production, it was going to look different, and people were like, what? That isn't what I paid for. You know, I mean, that's a little right. bit the internet yeah. sort of thing, but I mean, there is going to be... I mean, I've heard some tales of, of people's, you know, pr- premiums not being delivered timely, in a timely manner. Right. Not um, to mention, I mean, creative differences. What happens if you well, kick we started, well, we've we know, been through all we that. Know that yeah, I mean, but that won't be the last. Uh, yeah, project. I mean, all no. this is. I mean, I'm amazed that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, the kicks. The people who have run the Kickstarters have been really, really focused on actually fulfilling. Which these. really says at the great same time, about, yeah, once again, donors have to realize what they're getting into. They're dealing with very often single creators. Yeah. Who are doing a project and then have to fulfill uh, this project to uh, sometimes hundreds. Uh, you you have to certainly if you're going to patience. donate money to projects, you better have some patience. Right. Uh, right. And you know, and hopefully, I mean, it seems as though many of the the best funded projects do come through. But but you're but you're right. Uh, as this thing grows, and it is going to grow, right. and more and more people are going to try to take advantage of this. 
And I frankly, I think you'd be crazy not to. Yes, but at the same time, there was a chilling effect this week also on Kickstarter. When they announced to change oh, yeah. their own uh, policies regarding retailer incentives. And, like, basically, they have had it so that you could get, uh, like, uh, Alex DeCampi also offered mm-hmm. a retailer level. Like, she was literally... Uh, being a, using Kickstarter as a distributor for her project. And where why not? You, yes, exactly. Well, why not? Because Kickstarter doesn't allow that. And what's interesting because we wrote, we wrote, a, we, you know, we did a story about that as an innovative yeah. yes. use of Kickstarter, yes. and it's interesting. We we've also been featured. PW stories have been featured in Kickstarter panels. Mm-hmm. By Kickstarter personnel, and no one is. Well, this is the first time this has come their up. Mind. They now say, according to a story yeah. on ICV2, that we'll find our guidelines that we prohibit both rewards as well as rewards geared toward retailers in general. So, uh, you know, this just happened. We haven't seen the fallout from this. People were definitely bitching about it on Twitter today. You know, talk about, you know, the modern way. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is something that people were using, but, I mean, this is kicking it really back to the the individual again, you know, to the individual supporter as opposed to uh, being becoming a sub-distributor. So uh, I guess Todd's next piece will be, no, they're not really a publisher. Yeah, so. I, I wonder what this means for projects like the Campy's Ashes. That does she have? I mean, maybe the grandfather then, since the right. thing has already been, yeah, since it's already, it's already, uh, already, it's already run. And, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, um, but you do wonder what will happen with the new Kickstarter rival set up just for comics. Yes. Oh, good yes. point. Uh, Iverse Media's uh, com- uh, Comics Accelerator, yes. Yes. The question is, will they allow retailer I level? bet they yeah. will. I bet <laughs> they will. Uh, yeah, actually, I think we talked about Comics Accelerator on one of our other podcasts, if I'm not mistaken, because it was launched. It said, well, maybe maybe we didn't, but uh, they announced it during Comic-Con. Uh, they, it has slightly changed. It's totally comics-focused. Uh, it, it, it caps... The administrative fee at twenty five hundred dollars per project. So it, it's That's a hell it, of an administrative fee. So well, well, if you're talking about projects to, to get fifty or hundred thousand dollars, you're talking about much bigger fee. So uh, they they're trying to distinguish themselves. Yeah. From from Kickstarter. Well, I think that's a legit way of doing it. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, you know, it's just launched. There there really aren't any projects up there right. now. But uh, clearly, this whole area. Uh, is, there's is, room for growth. It's well, going to expand uh, going forward. I think if there was ever a case where there's more to come, it's yeah, there you go. So you just just keep tuning back, folks. We'll yeah. be uh, returning yeah, just, to this topic. I, yes, I feel like we just have about five bingo card topics that we just keep come back to every week. And you know, another one of those is to create our own comics. And there was a couple developments. There yes, this absolutely. Week. Yeah, and let's yeah, talk about um, that. Well, first off. Um, as far as going back to create our own, both Grant Morrison and Rob Liefeld have left D.C., albeit under apparently very friendly circumstances, to go back to creating their own creator own work, um, which, you know, shockwaves. And well, they announced they were going to next year. Well, yes, they're not yeah, doing it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. they, you have to announce everything yeah. far in advance because of yeah. scheduling. But, yes, uh, as of 2013, they will mm-hmm. no longer be working with D.C. Comics. Um for now. Meanwhile, Bendis versus Kirkman returns. Brian Michael Bendis, former indie comic creator, and Robert Kirkman, current Walking yeah. current Dead superstar, right. Walking Dead superstar, uh, banner waver for creator-owned properties, discussed about four years ago whether or not um, creator 
is more likely to be able to make a living over the course of a few years uh, working for one of the big two or working on their own, create their own things. Right. And this was covered in a story that we did by Todd Allen. He covered right. the thing. And, he, and he's returned four years later to with a very numbers. detailed study to look at, uh, you know, to really try to look at where things are. And he's come up with some interesting figures. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, that just the success of The Walking Dead. I mean, I think images has really come on strong. And I think mm. the reason is not that hard to figure out in that uh, there's a lot of us, uh, the Morrison item shows, you know? I mean, people are run their course. I mean, I think in Morrison's case, I mean, he's been writing superhero comics pretty much nonstop for a decade. So, I mean, I, you know, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I think he might have had his say for now. But even but so... he still has many more projects yes, than he's doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But it's, it's not just that. So. <laughs> Typically, in the past, um, before certain deals and details changed, if a creator had a deal with... A big-name creator had a deal with one of the big two and felt like doing something non-superhero-y, then they would get put aside another imprint like Vertigo or Wildstorm mm-hmm. or at Marvel Icon, whereas those deals aren't so good anymore. And so creators, when they're working on their creator-owned work, would really rather just go elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what, what Todd's story is showing here, that there's actually other venues, there's other ways for independent creators to get their books well, to readers. I mean, readers I think it's really... Than there was, yes. say, four years ago. Well, well although... I mean, I, I mean, I think it's really... I think a lot of this is Kirkman's coattails. I mean, I think that yeah. The Walking Dead has really Out given Image a lot more resources and a Please. lot more viability in retailers' shelves. And I think a couple of other books like Chew and mm-hmm. Morning Glories and uh, a couple of others have really made them more viable. I mean, and, and Todd's story has a whole chart where he... He breaks this down, and um, you know, I think it it, it shows uh, quite a few books that are are making more money than they were four years ago. So, I mean, this is just really part of the whole evolution. And I, 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 I people, you know, they have Gary Friedrich in the back of their mind, and uh, yeah. Um, well, the numbers are interesting in that the number of books that are paying enough to be a significant part of their creator's income is going up, but still. On average, people are not making the kind of money they'd make right off the bat that they would with the big two. Right. I mean, when you look at, at possible, like, if you strike it big or residuals or reprints or all kinds of things, you might, in the end, make more money over a lifetime with Image. But you're not, at the moment, likely to make the same kind of money when the book first comes out. Right, exactly. True. Although, I'm not sure any independent artist are confused over the notion that, yeah. you know... <laughs> Where you're likely to make money. If, the fact is the access to the other channel. The channel well, to I mean, Edmar the the there, there really is no access. Right, anymore. exactly. Or, or a much less access. And right. independent publishing is basically being forced well, on if you, many artists. If you look at Todd's chart, he had four different categories. Breaking even, beer money, starting to get paid, and money makers, which I call the occasional steak dinner category. <laughs> Uh, and uh, breaking even and money makers were, I mean, pr- fairly similar. But beer money had gone up from nine titles in 2008 mm-hmm. to 25 titles mm-hmm. in 2012, and starting to get paid was 10 titles in 2008 to 30 titles. In and starting to get paid mm-hmm. is, is significant. Right. Amount of yeah. So starting to get income. paid is, is definitely yeah. an occasional steak dinner. Okay, yeah. let's put it that way. Um, part of the reason for this 
Image is publishing a lot more books than it mm. was four years ago. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They mm -hmm. have a lot more resources to ramp up. But, um, you know, the books that are doing well. I mean, he actually included Dark Horse yeah. and, mm -hmm. and Boom and, and other publishers that do creator participation books in here. So he has, like, BPRD on the mm -hmm. chart. But, uh, you know, Choose doing well. Mind the Gap is a new mm -hmm. book. Invincible. Um, 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 Thief of Thieves is part yeah. of the Robert Kirkman. I mean, uh, Fatal, Ed Brubaker's book yeah. is doing mm -hmm. very well. And, of course, Saga. How can we forget that? Yes, Everybody's of course. favorite mm -hmm. book. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not just a matter of, like, writing on the financial coattails, but of... A sort of vaguely cultural change, right? Where creators who are starting to get name recognition through the big two, it's not a matter of like just people who are trying to break in now. It's people who are saying, well, I can work with the big two, I've got nothing against them, but maybe it will work for me better. And that's to true. Go I mean, part of the self publishing. road to success is having a platform, and, right. and sometimes that platform is mean being conventionally published. Right. And moving in the Well, on the publisher. other hand, let's look at Marvel's new big initiative, Marvel Now. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, that's really... What, what, what Marvel Now? <laughs> I mean, this is okay. really what we're talking about here as an alternative. I mean, Marvel has been announcing their huge, big answer, the new 52, for the past month and I mean all they've just basically said is it exists well they've been sending out one teaser a day but like they put up one little like teaser in the morning and with some names and then it just yeah like, and the word which probably means a specific title but you have to guess which I'm, title it's it no new 52 means. if it you ask so, me <laughs> it is no new 52 and I, I mean it's harder than ever to get in at Marvel or DC I mean you know the the barcons of, of Comic-Con are, are filled with people talking about how tough it is to work at Marvel or DC now because there's so much pressure on these events and on these these books, and uh, you know, which I was, you know, it's understandable. I mean, I'm not trying to say Marvel and DC are running their businesses completely wrong. I mean, there is a lot of pressure on them. But, um, I mean, the result that no wonder people are going to Image. Like, they have a chance to actually be more innovative there. And, and tell a coherent story without having to worry about being told, like, after they've written a year's worth of scripts, that no aliens are invading, you have to change them all. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, there but, you go. Well, um, yeah. we'll see. We'll have to wait to hear more but from yes, the House I mean, of maybe, Ideas. Maybe Marvel has some brilliant marketing plan, which we're not privy to, which I will unroll right before Marvel now. But at the moment, you do kind of wonder if maybe all the firings there have gotten in the way of, of a, having a decent publicity push. Well... Um, we don't know. That's, we don't know. Uh, and by the no, way, you know, you, you can go to publishersweekly.com slash comics and uh, find uh, uh, a number of stories touching on all of the topics that Absolutely. we're talking about yes. right always. now. Publishersweekly.com slash comics. Yes, Let and please do. You Absolutely. Publishersweekly.com slash comics. Go there and, and absolutely um, go to the comment files and let us know what you think. Sound off. So, all right, well, in, in non-Kickstarter, uh, uh, Marvel, DC, and Image News, uh, <laughs> kind of a nice story this week with the announcement of the return of Alternative Comics, um, which is a, a storied uh, indie comics yeah. brand that was flourished in the 90s and influenced uh, or introduced, uh, really, uh, creators like Gabrielle Bell and Tom Hart and James Kachalka and, and Nick Bertozzi uh, and, 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 and um, Dean Haspiel. I mean, yeah. pretty much every 90s yeah. creator. I mean, yeah. they weren't published 
um, exclusively by Alternative, but they all and got they, great books published by them. And, and Alternative they, also they had that sort of innovative deal with the um, uh, the Zurich people to dis- to distribute yes, titles. That's right. That they was were right. uh, they were very innovative at the time. I mean, this they were way uh, on mm-hmm. the cutting edge of all of mm-hmm. this. And uh, Jeff Mason, who was the yes. publisher, mm-hmm. was a you know well loved figure and always in the thick of things. And then he had some personal issues. I mean, he he got married and. Uh, he had some health problems, and did you know running a publishing company wasn't wasn't his number one item on his docket anymore? Uh, however, it's been announced the name has been acquired uh, by Mark Arsenault, uh, along with all the backstock and all mm-hmm. the backstock. Yes, he's and uh, he's got a great story about it on the Publishers Weekly uh, website. Uh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is uh, relaunching the brand. He'll be bringing out a new book by James Kachalka. He'll be uh, uh, reissuing some of their titles from the past. Uh, he has other new stuff by uh, Sam Henderson. That will be the very first um, uh, release that he does. And, uh, you know, Mark is a really personal guy who's been around it everywhere and everything. He's worked at Fantagraphics and Tundra and... You know, he has his own uh, mini comics distribution company, Wild Cool. So he's bringing all these resources to bear an alternative. And, uh, you know, it's all done with Jeff's uh, blessing and negotiation. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's nice to see alternative back. It'll be great. New blood, new, <clears throat> really old, old, old really blood. old blood uh, to new, new blood. blood. Yeah, yes. old <laughs> blood and new veins. But uh, <laughs> more indi- indi- independent comics publishers on the scene, uh, a good thing for everyone. As always. And so, to the news briefs. Yes. Um, start with the briefest brief. Warren Ellis is now taking three panel comic submissions for his blog. Yes, if you're trying, really cool. Yes, if you're trying to break in and get noticed, mm-hmm. possibly by Warren Ellis, send in a comic that is only three panels long and has never been published anywhere before. And perhaps you will be the uh, new... Lucky Comic on Display. Um, speaking of comics on display and lucky, Daniel Klaus, the indie comics creator, has gotten an HBO deal for a half-hour comedy with the concept of a, a college professor who becomes a small-town landlord called <laughs> The Landlord. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, a, you know, a... a a arch Klausian concept right it's there. Like so Wilson yeah. goes to college. Yeah, right. You know, like uh, Ice, Ice yeah. Haven, the, the yeah. classified. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll be, I'll be, I'll can't be, wait to see it. I'll be oh, right in front of the tube when it, when it comes on. Please, HBO. Right in. And yeah. Also, speaking of Marvel properties have not gotten nearly the publicity that you would think they should, Marvel has launched a brand new all-new internet cartoon called The All-Winners Squad, starring Howard the Duck and such neglected Marvel characters as Hypno-Hustler, Ruby Thursday, Frogman, Squirrel Girl, and, it is rumored, in the future, Dupe. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a, a humorous, uh, vaguely satirical look at the underside of the Marvel comics yeah. universe. If, if, if I may jump in, because I, 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 just, just two related points I want to make really quickly. Uh, I was happening to be watching a, AOTS last night on G4, their pop culture program, uh, where uh, the All Winter Squad was also discussed on there, as well as uh, a rant by the, one of the, the guests, Baratunde Thurston, very funny guy, yes, um, who uh, did a rant about um, uh, superhero movies uh, that don't credit the original uh, creators. 
Uh, and part of his rant was a big image of the beat flashing yes, on the screen yes. with, with one of the stories you did, uh, as well as Comics Alliance. So just, just, to, just wanted to do, just mention comics yes. in the media and, and All Winter Squad and, was one know, of the things that got discussed. He's a guest host. That was he's a guest host this week since. his last day, so. Tomorrow's his, yeah. Today's his last day, that's right. You're right. Today's his last day, so, um, yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yes. Um, and in DC news, um, DC is now is now joined iBooks. So if you have an iPad or iPhone, you now will be able to get some DC properties on them on iBooks. Uh, the very first thing they're going to do is the new Batman Earth One graphic novel, which in stores in print retails for $25, but digitally will be sold for 13 So, more to come in that respect. Okay. In other DC news, not as happy... Related to the unfortunate uh, Dark Knight shootings in Aurora, Colorado. Um, Batman Incorporated, number three, has been delayed several weeks until August 22nd. Because uh, DC looked at it and went, oh, we shouldn't release this so soon to a mass shooting related to DC Comics. Because on the very first page, because we can exclusively tell you this because we have a copy. Um... The image in question is, we believe, the image on the first page of a teacher threatening a classroom full of students with a gun. And, you know, you can't miss it. You can see how they might feel right right after shooting. You know, it's really, really, really important that stories about guns are, uh, you know, censored and controlled. Because if you ever control real guns, then, you know. But on the other hand, DC Comics has nothing to do with real guns. I know, I know. Obviously, on the one side, they're trying to be sensitive. On the other side, there is this absurdity flying around in American culture that, you know, uh, that guns in movies kill people. Fake guns in movies kill people, but real guns somehow or other don't. Yes, the uh, upcoming Batman cartoon, they're now uh, re-editing some of the visuals for apparently the guns will now have square barrels Mm -hmm. instead of round ones so they don't look realistic. Well, there are have been several copycats, um, copycat nutters who are going around complaining. And uh, at my local theater, which is an IMAX, where they're showing Dark Knight, um, there's cops there at at every screening. So, you know, but uh, as as Eddie Izzard said one time, you know, guns don't kill, people do. But I think the guns help. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, on, on perhaps a more productive note, really. Aurora. Um, Aurora's only comic shop, All Seas Collectibles, is uh, having a benefit fundraiser event, well, series of events, in order to uh, benefit the victims of the event and uh, community services related to people dealing with the trauma of the event called Aurora Rise and creators Matt Fraction and of Invisible Iron Man and Casanova and Steve Niles of 30 Days of Night uh, are already on board and more creators may come and there's going to be signings and auctions and other things awesome. for charity. It's great. It's really great that everybody is uh, helping out like that. Yep. And in lighter note, uh, DreamWorks Animation has purchased Classic Media, owner of Casper the Friendly Ghost, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Lone Ranger, Where's Waldo? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, some licensing rights to Magnus Robot Fighter, Dr. Solar, and Turok, Son of Stone. Now, does this include, like, all Harvey comics? 
Um, yes. I believe well, yeah, it's not oh. just it's Harvey, mm-hmm. but then there's some other things bundled in with it, like mm-hmm. yeah. like Rocky and Bullock. Yeah, yeah, no, those are all great Where's too. I, I'm just sort of particularly yes, yes. curious about since you mentioned Casper yeah. that that the other Harvey comics, yes, which I'm sort of partial to. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, so it would be nice to see them back. Those comics were great, yeah. beautifully I, I drawn, them. great illustrations. Well, you know, DreamWorks now, I, I, like uh, Classic, actually owns uh, the rights to those Harvey characters because they bought out mm-hmm. Harvey uh, about a decade ago. But they they also have licensing rights to a lot. So uh, mm-hmm. those, as as yeah. Kate alluded to, yeah. so but I mean, DreamWorks has just you know acquired a pretty good war and, chest of characters, and they already have a plan for it. According to DreamWorks Animation CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, they're planning to make it into motion pictures, television, home entertainment, consumer products, digital, theme park, and live entertainment. Right. Well, they didn't mention motion comics, so that's yes. the most important thing. Oh, thank so. God. And apparently they can do a Kickstarter project, too. Yes, yes. Yes, sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> when DreamWorks needs to do a Kickstarter project. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving and, right along. And that's it for this week. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, really hype a book here. Do, do a little uh, update on a, on an upcoming book project. Upcoming book project from Oni Press. Uh, we did a story about it a couple months back. Um, but uh, now he has it. in But hand. now I actually have one in hand here. <laughs> um, uh, Oni is actually republishing the original Scott Pilgrim books in handsome hardcover editions, but also fully colored. I mean, folks. Drop dead beautiful coloring. Uh, and in addition to that, they're also doing a limited edition that they're calling the Evil X edition, in which every, each volume will have a different image of one of, um, uh, of Ramona's uh, Evil X boyfriends on the cover. Yeah. I happen to have the first volume, which has Patel, yes, Patel. Uh, glaring okay, at you. It's the battle, of course. Uh, and yes, you yes. know, there is actually a Super Collector's Edition, too, which oh. has, like, uh, all both editions, a special signed and limited, and yes. it has, like, keychains, it has and all prints, kinds of it has a cool crap in it. It's, I mean, it's like, like insanely cool. It's like $100, yeah. and it's like, no, I absolutely. was looking at it, and I was like, yeah. But I, I did, I did manage to snarf a copy at the at Comic Con, and you got to see this thing. I mean, it's the really gorgeous. Is not only good, it really fits the drawing oh, style. Oh, it really like, does. Photorealistic coloring would not work, but this is just right. In yes. addition, it it really functions like a kind of like all you can eat DVD edition because I mean, there's 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 an afterword by Brian Leo Batty with a little short essay about his life at the time. I mean, there's character designs and commentary about each each one. Uh, I mean, what is it? There's uh, the original pitch to Oni for the book. I mean, it's really a little something here for any Scott Pilgrim nut job, uh, of which I am one. Well, you know, you're certainly not alone. I don't know if uh, I, I didn't get to see his uh, Comic Con panel, but you know, Brian Lee O'Malley, he was announcing or uh, he was touting a print for his new series, which is coming out next year. Can't but, wait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy is such a rock star. I mean, he is uh, just beloved of the younger set of comics readers and such a cult figure and. Uh, wherever he goes, he draws gigantic lines, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, there's certainly. More and if you haven't him. gone see the movie yet, go. It's still a great movie. Yeah, well, don't go to see it. Just go home. Go, right yes, go. You can't go and see it, on. but buy it or yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's on yeah, TV. It's, it's, it's on one. It's on, it it's on one of the a million squillion dollars, which you know, surprise, surprise. I really feel like it's going to be like one of the great cult hits yeah, without of a doubt. this decade. I think without yeah. a doubt. Oh yeah, absolutely. So today, anyway. I think we've hit that point. I guess so. I guess it's that time again. All yeah. right. Well, but not to worry. Thanks for listening. Yeah. There's there will a, be more to there's, come. There's always more, more to come. To come.